Welcome to the Art of Communicating Data Show, where every episode we try to improve how you communicate data, whether it's through data visualizations, reports, or presentations. Every episode will share tips and tricks from data experts and will leave you with actionable recommendations to improve your data communication skills. The goal is to help you grow in your data career by getting your work and you recognized through effective communication. I'm your host, Hannah, a geographer turned data professional and an introvert who loves public speaking. Let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Accio, the AI assistant for your data. With Accio, you can chat with your data so you can generate insights, visualizations, reports, and more within seconds. This powerful yet simple tool is designed to streamline your data workflow and boost your productivity. So now you can do more with your data. Ready to experience the future of analytics? Sign up at accio.com for a free two-week trial. That's A-K-K-I-O dot com. Have you ever felt that your presentations fell short of your expectations even though you had practiced? So it might be because you're making common practice mistakes without even realizing it. In today's episode, we're going to uncover some of these sneaky practice mistakes. The first mistake is only practicing once. I know it's an upgrade from not practicing at all. Some people like to wing their presentations, which is a really bad idea. If it's a low stakes presentation, like a casual meeting with your colleagues, maybe it's okay to only practice once, but practicing only once is not enough to practice the content, the delivery, timing, and everything else involved in presenting, which we'll cover later in this episode. So I actually recommend practicing three to five times or more if it's a high stakes presentation or a complex one. So this is what I recommend for my present data with confidence students, which is my course on presenting data with confidence. Mistake number two is starting each practice session from the beginning. I can tell when I'm listening to people's presentations when they do this because the beginning part of their presentation, awesome, it's great. It sounds almost perfect. But as they get towards the end, you can see that sometimes they struggle to recollect their points as easily as they did in the beginning. So you can tell that one part of the presentation was more rehearsed than the other. If you always start your practice sessions from the beginning, you will end up practicing the beginning more than any other part of your presentation. So what I recommend to my present data with confident students is that they start with a different portion of their presentation during each practice sessions. So that way, all parts of your presentation get somewhat the same amount of attention. For instance, maybe in the first practice session, you start from the beginning, makes sense. And in the second practice session that you do, you start from the middle. And the third practice session, you start from the end and so forth. That's if you're breaking the presentation to three parts. You can obviously break it up into several parts. So the key is that you're not starting from the beginning. The third mistake is not rehearsing with the equipment or software that you'll be using during your presentation. So this is the technology part of your presentation. Whether you're using slides, video clips, or interactive tools, it's really important that you rehearse with your equipment or software. So imagine that if you spend hours perfecting your slides and content, but when you walk into your presentation room or log into the virtual meeting, you encounter technical glitches or you struggle to navigate your presentation software or the web conferencing software because it's new to you. And that can throw you off your game entirely and it can 
affect your delivery and undermine your confidence when you're presenting. So to avoid this mistake, I recommend practicing with the same equipment and software that you'll be using during your actual presentation. So this includes a laptop, the remote clicker, projector, or any other hardware you'll rely on. If you're presenting virtually, you want to make sure that you familiarize yourself with the video conferencing platform that you'll be using. Then I also want you to anticipate potential technical issues and have backup plans just in case. So you want to make sure, for instance, you have extra batteries for clickers that you may be using or a backup file of your slide deck. Basically, you want to do a tech rehearsal. This is what I tell my students. So you want to run through your entire presentation with the equipment and identify and resolve any issues beforehand. So now moving on to another common mistake is depending too heavily on a written script during your practice. I know that many presenters feel more secure when they have a written script to follow but this can have its drawbacks. When you read from a script verbatim, you can make the presentation sound robotic and less engaging. So here's how you can strike the right balance. First, you wanna consider using bullet points or an outline instead of a full script. This can serve as a visual cue to keep you on track without having you read every single word that's written down. Second is practice speaking naturally. So you want to familiarize yourself with the key points the data or stories you want to convey so that you can speak confidently without reading word for word. Third, if you must use a script, practice it until you're comfortable enough to occasionally look up from it and engage with your audience. Because I recommend you maintain eye contact and use nonverbal cues to connect with them. And you cannot do that if you're reading from a script. The final mistake, mistake number five, is not getting feedback. Since I recommend that you practice more than two times, you want to try to do at least one practice session in front of someone that can provide relevant feedback, like a colleague or your boss. We are often so close to the subject we are presenting that things that make sense to us may not necessarily make sense to your audience. So that's just one helpful feedback that you could get from your practice session. I recommend that you do this feedback session pretty early on, not too close to your actual presentation, that way you have time to address the feedback and make changes to your presentation and practice the new version a few more times before the actual delivery. So that's all for today's episode. If you want to learn the step-by-step -step process for making an effective data presentation, you can download my free data presentation roadmap and you can do so at trending-analytics.com forward slash roadmap. I'll also have a link for this in the episode description. Thanks for listening to The Art of Communicating Data. Please subscribe so you never miss out on any brand new episodes. And give us some love by dropping a 5-star rating and a written review, as it helps other data practitioners find us. And please, share with a friend and show them how to subscribe. Thanks for listening, and here's to improving your data communication.